I uh, I find actually setting up the beginning of the videos not videos we're not on video this is oh, <laughs> I, mean, God. I, mean, I mean george george we talked about this last time you are on video <laughs> yeah stop doing that <laughs> I, I tried to turn them all off and they just turned themselves back on again <laughs> stop uh, watching me <laughs> uh you like it really i get really uh no I, I i get really confused about the different types of medium like because this is i keep saying video but there is no it's not a video it's a podcast. Yeah, but it's a time-based media. So it's what? Like, time-based media. <laughs> All right. Pretentious. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Come on. It's like, unlike photography, you've got to think about not only... Isn't... No, photography is a... time-based media, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I or press the time and then run. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yes and yes and no, but videos over, like... Video More than video... a second or two. Yeah, more uh, than a quarter of a, like a fraction of a second. That's uh, what that's what my college called video, because you could also do audio. Term it's terminology that I don't think I've ever heard really? <laughs> in the in the the wider industry. You get that a lot though. People think that they're like, oh, let's throw let's throw some terminology in there, and it all. <clears throat> Time based media describes any artwork that has both physical and temporal dimensions. And you so, can tell so that photography. that's serious. You can tell that that's serious because she cleared her throat yeah, to say yeah. it. <clears throat> so, so Contemporary photography. artworks that include video, film, slide, audio, or computer-based technologies are referred to as time-based media works she because they have a duration as a dimension. <laughs> Dude, Hannah, can you use this voice whenever we're talking on the podcast? Because I like that. That was good. Uh, I'm not even sure what the voice is now. <laughs> Oh, it's very posh. Oh, is it? Uh, so this afternoon, guys, on the safe zone, we are talking about gun. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then just back to what? What? Oi, oi, keep down, keep down. <laughs> <laughs> which, which we shouldn't do because it is a podcast. If we keep it down, it's going to be very dull. And then we need to be filming it. And, and then, and then, we, then we might as well do some time-based uh, media, media, <laughs> and video the stuff. So, welcome to the what was we called again? Not a clue. Jesus, guys, it's Jiraga Airsoft. Uh, so, welcome to the Safe Zone. This is the uh, show where we talk about uh, our experiences, other people's experiences, your experiences. We get loads of different uh, airsoft topics and we talk about general shenanigans in airsoft in general. You notice how I didn't do the normal spiel, but I tried to tried to make it work. You know those um, pictures when people draw a really bad star and it's like there was an attempt. <laughs> That's exactly what happened there. That often just feels like my life. Uh, if you at home or listening want to get involved in the conversation um you can email us not email that's that's a bad way of getting in touch you can fax us (laughs) send us a letter p.o box if you do want to get in touch uh you can do so by uh, messaging us on our instagrams which you can find at the end of the show or you can get in touch on the facebook pages uh under the comments that we kind of put up every now and then Uh, this episode is going to be a bit of an odd one we've decided that actually we just want to come and chat about a couple of topics so we've each come with one or two things to talk about uh we're going to work through those Uh, we're going to be really fluid it's going to be a bit fun Uh, if you want to know what the topics are ahead of time it will be in the description of the podcast so 
say you're really bored by one topic that Hannah brings up, you can. Oh, I, oh, oh. Sorry, I, I, I saw a bus and I decided I want to throw you under it. So <laughs> I did that. Uh, the first thing that I wanted to bring up was the idea of uh, actually, no, do you know what? My topic, this one. <laughs> no, I think this one can can wait till later because actually, Joe, you've got a really interesting topic that came up in. Uh... Is, is it my <laughs> turn to get thrown under the bus now? Yeah, well, all right, fine. Don't talk about your topic that was really relevant and people have been talking about. Fine, whatever. All right, fine. No, it's all right. We'll do it. Um, all right, what so... are we doing then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can give you the sass as well. <laughs> so, uh, actually, something that has come up quite recently on some of the Facebook pages is iPro. So we've had some issues lately. People have had issues with particular brands uh, where the iPro is either cracking or BBs are getting through in some form or, or another. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna beat around the bush. I think it's a little bit daft for people to go. I've bought the cheapest bit of iPro I can find, and now it's broken. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's come up quite a lot. Uh, I have a pair of twelve pound iPro. Do you yeah. think uh, I'm an idiot? Uh, do you wear them when you're skirmishing, or do you, are those the ones you wear when we're when you're filming? These are the ones I wear when I'm filming. Okay, so that's not a problem. I haven't got an issue with that because they, um, I don't, I'm not 100% familiar with the ones you've got, but I've seen a lot of people going around in the bowl type of safety glasses. They, they're the they're the classic safety glass. You look a little bit like shooting glasses, but maybe a little bit more plasticky. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, and, that, yeah, that sort of idea. Um, and, you know, obviously, I can't show you a picture, but you, you get the idea. No, this is this is not a time-based media, <laughs> apparently. Well, it is a time-based media because it's a podcast, isn't it? I think we just found the title. <laughs> uh, the idea that people are using these safety glasses, they go, oh, it's a safety glass, it must be suitable. And then... Clearly, it's not. And we talked about um, we talked about different safety ratings before. Uh, Chris gave us a really good rundown, I think, in episode two, um, where where we talked about actually what are the ANSI ratings uh, that that are kind of required for airsoft. And I think there is a misconception in airsoft uh, if you're going to a reputable company to get your iPro that actually that meets a high high enough level of, of safety that you should feel comfortable um, even if it's cheap for example uh, naming names Nuprol have come under fire because their uh, safety glasses their cheaper safety glasses have not been withstanding uh, shots from close range and uh, I think it, I can't remember if it was the lens or the frame of Nuprol the, the main one that I saw and people have there have been a couple recently because of this sort of spate that people are going through but the main one i saw it cracked the frame but it sorry it broke the frame but it also cracked the lens as well now it didn't go through but they were broken well in interestingly um hannah yours broke relatively recently right yeah um, but they are the only pair of glasses I've owned since the beginning of Airsoft. But what which... are they? Can you remember what type of uh, safety, oh, I've safety got glasses they are? one behind me. One second. Because uh, I, if I recall, they were a reputable um, brand. So, so the interesting thing is, just really quickly while Hannah's getting those together, 
Um, I've, I did a bit of research on the bowl safety website. A lot of people go for the bowl type of glasses yeah. or goggles or whatever. Yep. Um, and they will go for what they think looks good. Yeah, I think that's, that's probably fair. Um, and if you actually go on the bowl website, the they specifically ask you to decide when you're looking for glasses or goggles to decide what risk is encountered, what sort of like the activity area is, and the conditions of use. I am back. They are um, Oakley, Oakley, oh, Oakley's. Oakley. Yeah, Oakley's oh, a reputable. Yeah, it's a reputable. Uh, but it's not spelled O A K L E Y. It's on the lenses. It's O K L E Y. Oh my God, they're fake. They are fake. <laughs> they are fake Oakleys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. In, in a... um, no, but but now I've just realised that that is you. There is zero chance of you being able to to justify whether or not they are good or not well they are good because i've been shot in the face probably more than 100 times and many times things have bounced off in fact i'm looking at the lenses now and you can see where bbs have uh impacted not smashed not scratched those are those are broken now right uh the only way they've broken is because the clip on the nose that holds the lens in has Uh broke because it's been i've been shot directly in the middle the lens hasn't broke it's it's the, the yeah, clip no, that no. holds it in so yeah and that and that's one of the things <clears throat> that's common common at this point most of the glasses that have been breaking around the frame mm-hmm. and that's because the frames are made out of a very brittle plastic yeah, yeah they do tend to be um and and hannah the reason i was asking if yours is uh broken Legit. is because you're not no because it is, means that you're not going to use them again which means hey let's shoot them close up let's oh, actually yeah. test them okay um because it. you're not going to use them again, so might as well. Uh, I yeah. use I use a pair of twenty five pound uh, iPro. That's twice as much as a lot of people pay for theirs. Yeah, yeah, and and I did pay fifty quid for Vulcan Tactical Zulus. They were fine, mm. but actually the ones that I've got now are those just without the brand. I'm wearing the same level of eye protection. I just I'm not paying for the uh, the Vulcan Zulu name behind it. Because they are half the price um, without the name <laughs> brand. I bought two pairs and then I shot one of them. And I was like, just just to check. Just to check that it doesn't just look like the same product. Um, but it, it actually will withstand the same impact. So I, I did that test on it. And, and those are now the ones that I actively replace over and over again if, the, if I need to. Um, and usually I'm replacing them not because of uh, damage to the frames or anything like that. But because... These have a, uh, when I use my anti-fog, it leaves a layer of film uh, on it, right? And every time I remove that film, it starts just getting a little bit scratchy. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I end up scratching the inside of the, the uh, goggles and deciding, well, actually, no, right now, even without fog, I can't see. So maybe I should replace them. Yeah, I've done the same thing. My I use a set, well, I've got a set of ESS v12s which are like the they're the goggles that look like glasses right um and they're really really good they're absolutely fantastic but they're getting to the point now where i'm, I'm gonna have to look at replacing them because of exactly the same thing you're saying there where the using the anti-fog time and time again it started to actually scratch the polycarbonate on the inside yeah yeah um so that's affecting what i can see but i also use a pair of the ess turbofan goggles which are really cool 
But it, how much? How much were your uh, were that both of those? Okay, so the V12s, I believe I paid about thirty pounds for them. Okay. Um. So that was really good. That was a cheap set, really. But they are they are a very good set of glasses. And I will admit that I bought the Turbofan goggles secondhand. Um. I bought them from our friend Steve, who really couldn't get along with them, so he sold them to me for dirt cheap because again they're very expensive if yeah. you buy them new. And I couldn't afford those, but Steve did, and then sold them to me cheap. And Chris, what are you wearing? At the moment, I'm wearing my Bolly. <laughs> no, 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 right no, 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 yeah, yeah, right yeah. now, Chris. We don't want to know. We don't want to know your glasses. Just yeah, what I'm you're wearing. wearing. Superman pajamas. <laughs> ah, nice. That's it. Speak dirty to me like that. <laughs> but at least my mustache won't be CGI'd. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, no, what, what are you? What goggles are you wearing? Or glasses? Um, well, the, the goggles I have, because I'm a glasses wearer, yeah, I've bought a pair of sawflies, but I have to wear contacts for them. I can get the inserts and stuff, but obviously it's a cost of having to get prescription lenses and it's all just, that jazz. Just having bad eyesight in general is yeah. just a cost it to is. life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but contact lenses for the win. But I my Bolly X800s mm. um, goggles, I swear by them. I bought them oh about a year ago, and they have like a like a small thin gap around the whole side of it so it's constantly getting airflow but not so much that mm-hmm. a bb can penetrate through but yeah and how much did they cost you um well i got them cheap so i got them around for 25 quid 30 quid okay because so, uh, i'm thinking i'm thinking like 30 quid is the a reasonable price point that most people will kind of hit right yeah uh, if you are sensible then you'll you you should be spending uh like sixty to sixty five mm-hmm. pounds on some iPro, um, because at that level you're going to be getting features that a not only are going to keep you safe but are going to also um keep the longevity and uh, mm-hmm. of of the glasses and usability of the glasses uh at the optimum for longer. For example, fan assisted stuff uh, mm. or um. The- Anything that's fan-assisted, if you're wearing goggles, is absolutely amazing. But it does obviously command a premium. Uh, uh, but, but, but it does work. Uh, but then you're also um, looking at that price point of, of having things like uh, your the frame is going to be made for impact. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you've n- they've not had to cut costs in terms of materials, so mm-hmm. it's going to be able to withstand a higher impact. The safety rating of the lens is going to be uh, higher and, and more suitable for um for airsoft and also if you're paying that price point you're more likely buying from a company who want to tell you all of the safety features right mm-hmm. whereas if you're buying at a lower cost point you're more likely to be buying from a company that isn't um isn't that fussed about giving you all of those specs they're not trying to sell you anything because it's not actually going to make them that much money uh it's just here is the bare minimum of what you should be using and i think people the the reason that, that this has come up as a controversy uh, controversial topic is that people assume that if they're being sold something by a company um, that it is going to meet the minimum requirements not knowing of course what those minimum requirements are and how they translate into mm-hmm. actual airsoft yeah well the other thing you have to remember is that a lot of companies particularly airsoft companies test their goggles or their glasses by shooting them with an airsoft gun Whereas if you buy something like Revision Sawflies, um, now I'm, I'm only picking them out because they are 
in every conversation I've seen lately on Facebook with people going, oh, my goggles are broken, it's go buy a set of revision saw flies. <laughs> um, now, Chris, I know you've got a pair and you say they're not ideal. Um, was it you that said they're not ideal or was it I George, said, actually? I said they're, I, they're decent, but I, mm. I mean... It's just I don't feel personally safe with wearing glasses at yeah. a game. I don't mind them if I'm just shooting around, like say shooting target. So you're range. you're talking about the the gaps in like the yeah. fact that they're yeah, not yeah. full seal. Yeah, 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 I'm with you. Yeah, um, but companies like ESS, like Revision, um, they and e- to a point even bowl, but they actually test them under the conditions that they're designed for. So ESS and Revision shoot them. There are there are videos, there are photos online of revision glasses and ESS glasses being shot with shotguns. The glasses are withstanding it. Well, funny, funny enough, uh, funnily enough, uh, Angelo Devito did a live stream the other day of uh, a company called Edge Tactical Eyewear, uh, and they are a company uh, based in uh, America. The really interesting there are there are a couple of things about this. A, in terms of safety, I'll start there. I've just looked at a video, um, which is a slow motion video of them shooting some of their glasses with a nail gun at two feet away. Uh, Impressive. Yeah, and, and you you know, you watch the, the nail um, smack the lens and then bounce right off. Uh, and it's fascinating to watch. And so I really, I, th- I think seeing the rigorous testing like that is, is A, super fun to see but also a really good uh way to ensure that your user base is going to have the most utmost faith in your product but okay and here's the here's a slightly tangential topic Mm -hmm. uh, for ipro it's not about the safety side of stuff but it is about the fog side of stuff okay so (laughs) yeah edged uh, edge tactical Mm -hmm. have uh started boasting uh, about their vapor shield anti-fog technology. So uh, what they did uh, was uh, a they've got a fog machine. The requirement for no fog is eight seconds, right? You're still technically fine if you've uh, if you can last eight seconds. Edge vapor shield technology uh, lasted 266 seconds with no fog under this um, fog machine. Wow. Yeah, it's super. Um, super fascinating to watch as well so they videoed it and you can see it all in real time at the end of this particular video that i've I've looked at they looked at a high mass impact test uh where they took this um metal rod they drop it directly onto these glasses and onto the lenses to show you what it what kind of impact does then they do a dark penetration test and you see all this in slow motion as well uh but i thought it was absolutely fascinating to kind of see um that they claim the highest impact ratings ever created as well as the the best use of anti-fog technology ever ever created so they range from 12 pounds to 65 pounds I, I was gonna say i'm i've been on their website and having a quick look through because they're cheap glasses they're fast link glasses which seem to be the cheapest one they do for 12 pounds that's amazing well it's definitely got the same um anti-fog yes technology. yeah i can see that and it's so I think that I haven't got an issue with people spending whatever they want on iPro. I agree. I think if you want to buy cheap glasses, that's absolutely fine. But you have to understand the risk that you are taking by buying cheap glasses. Mm-hmm. And you have to understand that if you're buying cheap and they break, that there is the possibility you're not going to be able to airsoft anymore. Obviously, I think we all saw the 
photo that came out um, a few weeks ago with a gem- gentleman wearing his normal glasses, and they were really good. Skirmish came back. They um, explained what was going on. They explained what happened. They said that they caught the guy and they'd spoken to him immediately after the photo had been taken. It was just badly timed, and it just so happened that the photo got online. And it's because people are on it and people are very hot on eye protection that we don't see more of those sort of incidents. If you can spend £300 on a plate carrier, why are you going around in £10 glasses? But anyway, that's my little bit of a rant about safety glasses. It's interesting to see what um, happens in the community and and what issues are raised. I think actually, because you've mentioned it, Mm. That Billericke, um, the Billir- skirmish Billericke controversy was yeah. was an interesting one to observe. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you, just to reiterate, for those of you that don't um, know what happened, uh, there were photos put out from skirmish Billericke, uh, and there was a series of photos, and then somebody happened to notice uh, one player in one photo wearing a full face mask, and then that same player in a different photo wearing what looked like normal glasses um and they called it out and they and they said you know look at this this player at this site um clearly not paying attention to the safety safety aspect uh and they blamed the they blamed the site and i'm in two minds about this thought you might be but i'm in two minds because i don't know the outcome of of the of what happened okay uh i don't like that um, it was posted on Facebook communities, on Facebook um, groups. Um, I do like that it was highlighted and called out. You know, I think there is a a real benefit to people pointing at unsafe behaviour. Um, what I don't think that's a good representation of is the is the site itself. Because there are so many different types of eye protection now that actually a normal pair of glasses could be eye pro. Uh, they're not. Like, like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying normal glasses are eye pro. I'm saying you could have a pair of eye pro that look like normal glasses. So the assumption that uh, they are, by default, not eye pro is... Yeah, uh, no, that, that makes a very, very good point. And like... Absolutely. And, and I think... But, but the assumption is that it's and the onus is on marshals and the site to know what is and is not ipro uh, i think the actual onus is on every single player to ensure that eye protection is uh that it is first and foremost mentioned and reiterated but it is down to the players themselves whether or not they put themselves in risky situations now uh it is unclear because responses were varied and inconsistent, it is unclear whether or not that player was in a game or taking photos outside of the game. Yeah, no, that's there, fair. I think both responses were given in to to a to an individual and b publicly. Um, and as a result, they've kind of the site themselves have found themselves in a situation where um, they've been unable to. Uh, they've lost credibility because they've been unable to be consistent on this story. However, there was kind of a, a bit of a witch hunt, right? And <laughs> and I think, realistically, in that scenario, if the site identified who it was after the fact, my personal thing is they should have banned them, 
right? I think that person should be banned from that site. Because at no point during a game day should you be out in the field without iPro. So I think uh, if that, I, and I don't know the outcome, um, I know that they had contact with the individual and the individual asked them to take the photo down because they were getting embarrassed. Mm-hmm. But I think actually um, they should ban that player from playing at that site. Now, it's not up to us what they do. It's not down to us to cause a witch hunt when it's the company's decision to do what they... as It's their decision, right? Mm-hmm. If they want to ban them or not, that's their choice. The issue was identified correct. Like that it was identified. I enjoy the fact that it was identified. But then multiple posts were put up on different communities um, that led to the slagging off and bitching about this company as if they've done something wrong. Mm-hmm. All they've done is be inconsistent and uh, try to m- minimize the embarrassment of the player that was there. Uh, now, we're fortunate that no one got hurt and therefore the damage is... There, there is no damage at this point. You know, yeah. w- Whether it was an intentional mistake by the player or not, I wouldn't say that was a mistake from the site. I think the, mis- the mistake from the site was maybe in its handling of um, the ramifications of that. Yeah, I think... Chris found um, a statement from them, actually, one of the marshals there, about the particular issue, and he's put it up. Um, It's saying exactly what you've said, George, that he was embarrassed, so the photo was taken down. Changed his glasses as he fobbed up. Fine. I haven't got an issue with changing the glasses, but changing them to normal glasses isn't appropriate. If you haven't got something else, you take go back to the safe zone, you sort yourself out, you go back out again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's the changing glasses... You don't know if it, like, to me, it's changed the glasses on the field. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, and then obviously this person's, or this site have then gone on to say, um, by reposting it, you go, you're embarrassing the person even more. Okay, that's fair. But maybe he should be a little bit embarrassed because as an airsofter, it's something he should know not to do. And like you pointed out, he was photographed wearing full face protection, so he clearly is aware of the rules. Um, and then they then they get a bit defensive, and this is the bit I don't I have a bit of an issue with, where they talk about, um, and I'm gonna use the exact wording here. They say they are not bothered about what little keyboard warriors say, but if anyone would like to discuss any aspect of the marshalling here, that skirmish, um, you can come and see whoever this person is. But there's no name; it's just the skirmish airsoft site. That's fine, but you they have to I think they have to acknowledge that there was an issue here. Yeah. And it um, was dealt with. Fine. No problem. But. Yeah. And I it. think actually the, uh, the unwise thing here is that what they haven't done is clarified. Uh, a, if the glasses in that photo are safety glasses or not, because rereading that, it makes it sound like he went from, safety glasses to a full face mask right that's what it makes it sound like and he did that on the field now i'm not sure um i'm not sure i i would believe that because no one walks around with a full face mask uh, in their pocket what they didn't do is clarify the genuine facts of that situation as they saw it you know and they didn't say what they'd done about it either i think if they'd if they'd come back and gone we've spoken to this person 
they have a, a ban for three months or whatever. If they come back and said, we have dealt with this properly and this mm-hmm. is how, then I think people would have responded uh, in a much more positive manner. Uh, but I still, still don't think that this is indicative of a, a systemic problem at mm-hmm. the site. And so full disclosure for anyone listening, um, Hannah and I have been several times and uh, I, I've been several times. Hannah's been uh, once. So we did a, a review of the site. And... I've, I've been before, just not with you, Oh, you, oh, oh. <laughs> you mean you do you do airsoft when I'm not around? What? what? Hannah, <laughs> you airsoft with other people? Wait, come on. I had a life before Georgie, guys. <laughs> <laughs> did you, though? Um, oh, <laughs> but, the, but the, the the point I'm making is just I want to be very clear that we've been there and we've done a review of that site, and this happened mm. off, way after the review came out. Um, but like in the times that I've been there, I've noticed nothing alarming. You know, uh, I I think every site has its good and bad days, and I think the more you play at one particular place, the more you're likely to notice the negative things on each game day but if i'm there and i i'm very i try and be uh i try and be aware of any safety stuff that's um that 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 kind of any safety concerns because i'm playing and what i don't want to happen is uh i don't want to be injured by someone else's bad practices you know and i and i go actually how is the marshalling on this particular time that i'm there marshalling is good I will say the marshalling is good because that is what I'm experiencing. If I've experienced it several times, then it's consistent. If mm-hmm. but but that's uh, still my limited experience is good marshalling over several times. It doesn't mean good marshalling 100% of the time, and it also doesn't mean uh, 100% of the time there are no controversies because clearly uh, this happened, and <laughs> <laughs> and this is a controversy. But I think the other the other end of the stick is that uh, the guy photographed. Um, it might might have been his first time ever playing airsoft. Uh, he's in a blue hoodie. You know, he's got no like what you can see exterior. Yeah, here. he's he's you, not but, a Gucci player. No, no, no. And you have been at a game day, George, where there has been a woman and her two kids first time playing airsoft that kept taking their ripro off. Yes, I believe they got banned. They did get banned, yes. Yeah, but but it just so happens that he's been photographed that one time and then yeah. that photograph has been put on social media and it's been escalated. But you've been in an instant where that has been dealt with and contained and, you know, they've been banned or whatever. Yeah. But just because it's not been on Facebook. And actually, in um, that scenario, in that scenario, I actually, um, I remember reacting the opposite. And saying actually, I think it was <laughs> it was too harsh. Like I think the banning for the day would have been fine, but the way in which it was handled was mm. uh, way to the other extreme. Right. You know. Um, I so, like to think I like to think I'm consistent, which is uh, you should handle things appropriately. Yeah. Um, and in this, in whenever it comes to safety, mm-hmm. I think you go for a. Uh, harsher lesson which is uh we have given you a warning yeah uh, number one we have given you a warning number two um uh you have been seen doing this that is it you are you are done for a at least a period of time you know yeah. 
Um, yeah. And and I would say three months, you know, at that site, three months. Because then it's the choice of that airsofter whether or not to come back. You yeah. know, uh, after three months, you have had enough time to go, actually, now I've learned my lesson. I will never do that again. Uh, but I do want to try that site again. Or they go elsewhere, but they still learn the lesson. Yeah, yeah. I've, I I reckon that on the day he was pulled aside, he was given a stern talking to, like, sort your shit out. Yeah. And then if you don't want to leave kind of thing. Um, but I just think it's just been escalated out of control. Yes, safety is, like, paramount. But if someone's first day and they don't really understand... They don't understand that they can be blinded by BB guns because they're actually blind underneath their mask because they can't especially, see. Especially <laughs> if they've just bought cheap-ass eye protection that fogs <laughs> up all the time. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So what we're really saying here, guys, is buy expensive eye protection that isn't going to fog up so you don't have to swap your glasses mid-game uh, and then you won't be photographed and have it plastered all over social media. Yeah, there'll be no qualms. I think this is an interesting ref representation of what's happening with the airsoft uh, kind of engagement side of stuff though because actually hannah you and i do youtube videos right oh, oh do we I, I didn't know what i spent three days a week on so it much just, sass. just blurs so just, much sass just no- <laughs> 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 i well, think that's what that's what's gonna happen when you pass those type of questions to me I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well obviously <laughs> okay well considering, okay, youtube videos yes considering we do youtube videos all right so I notice um, and have been noticing we get tons of engagement, but that engagement is from Facebook. That's not on our YouTube page uh, and not on the YouTube video itself. And and it's a bit of a frustration for me, I think, at this point, because A, we definitely want people to commit to, to kind of um, have a discussion around the, the videos that we're doing. Mm-hmm. But it's super annoying. It's not on the page. Well, so YouTube, uh, fundamental to what YouTube is, is a um, video. You know, uh, it's a platform. video presentation platform. It's where you put videos for people well, to go and watch. Uh, but it, it, but it is also a social media tool. And the 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 problem is uh, the way that I see it. The problem is the UK airsoft community have decided they are more about um, Facebook discussion and forum type um, media than they they like videos, but Mm. they don't want to go to find the videos. They want the videos to come to them. And therefore the discussion happens on a Facebook page as opposed Mm -hmm. to a YouTube page, uh, which, which for us is an interesting, um, dilemma because actually we want people to have those discussions so we have to take our video to them however that has a negative effect on our platform on on our on how our youtube video performs and it's not their responsibility either right so understanding it's not their responsibility to help us grow however it means that we have to think about our delivery platforms and whether or not Mm -hmm. whether or not we actually continue engaging on facebook or not See, I find I find posting about the YouTube stuff on my Instagram really hard, just because it just doesn't fit. Apart from stories, it just doesn't fit 
with the feed. Instagram's very individual. But then Facebook, yeah, Facebook community is, Facebook is more of a discussion, a place for discussions over Instagram. And YouTube is a place to watch things over discuss about them. I know, uh, but, but, but I, I disagree but like, with that in some, in some sense, because I actually look at channels like Airsoftology, they, they get discussion over and over again. Novrich gets loads of discussion over and over again. But like, if I think of my, how I use these different platforms, um, I generally, I don't ever comment on videos that I watch. It's just a, yeah, no, it's just an interesting dilemma that we've, we've got to approach because I, I think to get the most um, genuine engagement and discussion, we have to engage the community and the community are mostly on Facebook. The, the, the difficulty is it means that we're getting less uh, opportunity on YouTube. YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we're, we're getting less engagements on YouTube and the engagements are what actually push it out to more A of your bigger, subscribers. Would, yeah. Bigger you audience. Know? And if people are, if people are engaging, um, it would be so much uh, more effective for us mm-hmm. for that to be on a, on the page. But how do we get past that? Because like, this is a genuine discussion, and, and if there are any listeners that kind of have views on this, um, I want to be very clear. I'm not saying I'm trying not to be entitled, uh, an entitled little bitch about <laughs> it all. Uh, I am. I'm merely posing like a, a question and a dilemma how do you balance the the fact that people engage on one platform but that negatively affects you on the platform that you upload to but like i just find it a fascinating kind of topic that i don't have an answer to and i don't know how i don't know how important it is right now either also news on instagram how they're getting rid of like counts yep um, and how how do we think that's going to affect the whole influencer scheme of things over? Well, over so you can still see all of the likes on yours, right? Uh, on your posts, you'll okay. you'll still have all of that information. Uh, it's just everyone else. Yeah, which which actually will be quite difficult because a lot of a lot of people base popular content on other people's popular content right Mm -hmm. being able to see what works with the general community means that you're able to go oh actually the community i'm trying to reach kind of respond quite well to this type of post maybe i'll do more of that but i think it's it's also it's also going to give people an option to create something different yes that's that's the problem is is a problem at the moment (laughs) because it's literally multicam 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 because obviously multicam works and uh, i think with it being you can't see you can't see what other people are getting better at then you'll think oh, i'm going to try something i'm going to try this see what this does then you can look at your content as your content not everyone else's the same content the unforeseen ramifications of that though would be that you could be as creative as possible mm-hmm. but if you're unable to tap into the uh community algorithmically mm-hmm. your creative posts they will not turn up on the feed of the people that you want to see them. Yeah, but the opposite of that is that I'm very much a firm believer that if you stick true to what you love um, and you are finding happiness in what you're creating, generally people will also enjoy the same things you enjoy. But I suppose that obviously the main topic for these algorithms in like Instagram and that is 
communication and chat to other people so it would give you to be more engaged like you say with the problems with youtube at the moment with yourselves is it'll make people more engaged wanting to talk to other people because they'll know that's how the only way they're going to get the content more seen maybe maybe uh, i I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how it all kind of pans out and yeah, yeah. Uh, looking at it like the same with this youtube stuff it's all about identifying challenges and then figuring out what the priorities are and how to move through them and how to remedy them once you know what your priorities are. But anyways, like you were saying, regards to people getting involved, well, I suppose that is a question to the, the community do actually listen in, is what do you think? Do you think that the Facebook is killing off the YouTube side of things, or do you think there's going to be something's got to change? Moving on, I wanted to talk about um, <laughs> something that I want to get more into and um, I'm very excited about. I don't know how I'm going to get it, how I'm going to do it right now, but uh, I would like to start running with the, the new attack sense targets that are coming in to, to... Oh, by the way, yeah, guys, the new attack sense targets are in at Jurago Airsoft. Woo-hoo, so we woo-hoo. now have, we have some long-term loan uh, airsoft targets that we can use. Nothing in the house. <laughs> yes. Um, but with those being in the house, uh, I would I would really like to start doing some kind of two-gun and three-gun uh, setups. So for those of you that don't know what two-gun and three-gun are, it's uh, different game types. Is it two-gun tra- and three-guns? <laughs> I will hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, it is uh, a game type where you transition between a sidearm and either um, a rifle or a shotgun. And or both, depending on the type of game. This is a real niche in Airsoft. Bear in mind, Airsoft is a niche in itself, so this is a (laughs) niche within a niche. Uh, And it's becoming a bit more popular. And I would love to start doing more of it, because I think it's a a really fun, engaging way to try and test yourself. Uh, But the shotgun that I've got, is not going to do it for me, I don't think. I want to get an APS shell ejecting shotgun. Uh, the only problem is they're quite expensive. And uh, not only are they quite expensive, but because the shells are where, um, if you're getting a Mark One or Mark Three, the shells are the thing that contain the gas. Uh, and they're CO2. So the shells themselves are quite expensive. It's like one shell per shot. Uh, and they eject each time you cock it. Which means that... Um, Man, it's going to be expensive. <laughs> oh, just buy yourself a shotgun and deal with it. <laughs> Save yourself some money. I feel like the end of that sentence, I should have been a... <laughs> no. I'll find one, I'll add it in. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I'm really... Uh, I think the idea of running... This is the only time that APS uh, shell ejecting shotguns make sense. And not just an APS, but the only game types that these guns make sense in are either milsims mm-hmm. where actually um, the games that me and Joe went to the, the escape the jail. I think mm. it would have been awesome there. In fact, we ran. Well, the people were, that had I say there were a couple of people running them. And I remember one chatting to one guy at the end of the day and he said he fired like two shots all day. Yeah. <laughs> because they, and, and the thing about them is they, uh, they load like a shotgun, like a real shotgun. Um, you put uh, eight in the stock tube and then one in the barrel, uh, and and they 
every time it ejects, it loads the next one in, and then it loads the next one in, and it ejects. The... Yeah, it's so much fun. But they also have twelve BBs in, so they get a proper spread like an actual shotgun, and it's the closest thing to firing real shotguns as I as you can get. What are you guys? Have you have you had a look at them? Have you seen them? Um, do you think it's something that we should do and look into? I've I handled the ones we saw at the jail. I haven't shot one. Um, but I'm very excited to shoot one once you buy one. I like that you just threw that in in there, like, once you buy one. Well, look, we know you're going to. Yeah, I'm not sure if I've got the financial position to, to back that right now. Fair. I mean, they they do look lovely. They do look really cool. Um, They're definitely impractical for skirmishing. Yeah, absolutely. They, I think it would be really good fun, but you're absolutely right. They are a closed environment or like mill sim style environment only or like you said things like two gun or three gun would be absolutely fine yeah i was looking at the the g car 98k Shelly oh, nice. oh my yeah. lord yes and i was looking a bit i was looking at that and i was like oh that that's nice i have no practical use for it in a real game but Realistic five rounds shell ejecting real wood. I mean, it's had a... and I mean, someone, so someone's just, made just a Garand to... like that as well, haven't they? Where yeah. the bag pops out as well, which is amazing. And these are the uh, these are the old timey, uh, old fashioned wooden mm-hmm. guns, yeah. right? From World, World War One, two, yeah, nineteen thirty nine to nineteen forty two. But that's that's interesting. Uh, and there was also at some point I can't I can't remember there was a pistol that was shell ejecting. What? Um, yeah. Ah, oh, let me let me quickly Google it. But I remember seeing a bunch of uh, videos about it, thinking it was awesome. But equally, I believe it's the ASG nineteen eleven Marushan CZ seventy five. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like there is a nineteen eleven A one that does it as well. Oh, amazing! Uh, just yeah, I did the same thing that you you've all done. I think just Google <laughs> oh, it, and there's three did. YouTube videos at the top. One is the CZ75, and two of them are 1911A1STIs. So I'm going. So in that case, let's wrap it up. And I really want to kind of focus on that. Um, focus on those questions to you guys listening. Definitely send us some messages. Uh, the best place to send us messages are actually on Instagram uh, to our DMs. Mine is Juraga underscore Airsoft. I'm Carmen dot Airsoft. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, I'm the airsoft photographer. And I'm G.I. Joski. In the meantime, don't forget to check us out on... Hey, Hannah, where are we? <laughs> YouTube. We're on YouTube, Hannah. Gosh. You throw to her when she's not ready. She can't do anything. I'm never ready. Uh, don't forget to check us out on YouTube. Uh, we do a video uh, between each of these podcasts. So go watch that. And until next time, we'll see you in the safe zone. Bye. Bye. Whoop, whoop.